Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's the KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours, talking sports with you on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here on the program today. In about 15 minutes or so, we're going to talk to our friend Brian uh, Rilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission, the Iowa uh, betting handle numbers on sports were released late last week, Monday, with so much to recap, but not the best of days to, to do so, so we pushed it back to today, including a little scoopage coming your way at about 10.15 for you people that like to bet fantasy sports uh, as to uh, the uh, timeline uh, for you to be given that legal opportunity in the state of Iowa. So we'll t- uh, Brian Rilko will share that with our audience in about 15 minutes. Uh, we got another Brian. If one's not enough, we've got Brian Walton. Uh, no, we don't. We've got Vinny. Well, we do, but we we've do. got Vinny Iyer before that. Vinny Iyer, uh, bottom of the hour from the Sporting News. We'll recap uh, week six of the NFL. Take a head uh, look ahead to uh, next week. A lot of ground to cover with Vinny. He's a good guest. He's based in uh, in Charlotte. So, eh, look, I get the Panthers don't move the needle here, but they're uh, making some news with one of the game's marquee faces at the quarterback position. Cam Newton coming back, or is he? So we'll do that, amongst other things. And the refs have to be a topic as well after what we saw last night. Uh, Vinny Iyer at 10.30. Then Brian Walton at 11, thecardinalnation.com. He's at, in Arizona watching... Uh, Cardinal prospects go through the fall league, so we'll get his take on what seems to be like the final game of the year for the Cardinals, but we'll talk to Brian about that at 11. And then Zubin Mahente, his regular spot at 11.20. Of course, ESPN Sports Center. We'll go around the world of sports with Zubin. Trent, a lot of ground to cover from last night. The uh, the Cardinals fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gold Glover out and left once again, just a disaster in left field. I don't know where he was worse on the base paths when they finally get a hit early in a baseball game, and uh, they they gets caught wandering, makes the first out between second and third. As the ball's grounded right back to uh, Strasburg and Ozuna gets tagged out, just a, just an egregious play. I don't know what was worse: is playing left field or is playing on the base paths. But the Cardinals now in a three zero. Yeah, it's impossible. Impossible. They're they're not coming back from this. In fact, I'd be shocked if they play baseball on Wednesday. The Fanatics, that means you're going to have to work tomorrow uh, as they were going to preempt it. Had there been a Game 5, I find that uh, highly unlikely. And the Monday Nighter with the referee controversy at the end. Um, You know, Green Bay, good for them. Alan Lazard, wonderful story. Feel great for him. Uh, that he finally got his opportunity. But, uh, you know, this won't be the Lazard game. This will be the egregious calls game. And if you're a Lions fan, that one stings. The difference between being in first place and last place in the division were those two illegal hands-to-the-face calls against one dude. Flowers. Same guy. 90. 
Same and the same official, the umpire, called both Cleve Plagan, by the way, I got a kick out of this. He threw him under the bus after the game. You know, as the umpire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he saw he, yeah. he was the one that called him both. I talked to him about the second one and but he stood by his call and um at least look at least there was a, an official that was willing to speak after the game uh, about the missed calls but both missed calls Trent it's been the story of the football season quite mm-hmm. honestly whether we're talking Saturday in college football or Sunday Monday in the NFL a big one certainly last night and, and just changed the complexion of that game completely Detroit should have won that game yes they, absolutely they but when you have to settle for five field goals mm-hmm. this is the situation you're going to find that yourself in and excellent point they easily could have won this game 34. I think they were the better team. Trent. Yes, yes, I agree with you 100% there. They were the better football team, but Packers were able to get a couple of stops, mm-hmm. get those field goals, and, and of course pull it out in the end. The heads-up move, running oh the football as the Lions Brilliant. went ole. This is what you're supposed to do, and we've seen so many guys yep. not do that. They go in because they want to get the six. Trent, that is coaching, my friend. That mm-hmm. is unbelievable coaching. Um for him to have the wherewithal, uh, Williams, right? It was Williams uh, that that was. I mean, they just cleared a pathway. It's uh, kind of similar to the Packers when they cleared a pathway for uh, Terrell Davis in Super Bowl Thirty One because mm-hmm. they were going to let him score, and, and he did. Um, but this time, uh, Williams knew what they were trying to do. I mean, they, 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 the Red Sea parted. And if you can see, and I don't know if what Aaron Rodgers, look, it's hard to tell, mm-hmm. but the end zone camera, you can see Aaron Rodgers hand off the ball. Williams know he's going to score untouched. Rodgers is behind him, probably four or five yards, or not that far, three or two or three yards behind him, and he's yelling at him. I don't know what he's yelling. Mm-hmm. Is he yelling, go down, go down, fall down? I mean, and if even if he was, could Williams have heard right. that yeah, yeah. when Lambeau Field's going crazy because they think their guy's going to have a walk-in touchdown? Trent, it, it, it completely eliminated any opportunity, as minuscule as it would have been, for the Lions to get the ball back and score a game-winning touchdown. Had to feel good for Mason Crosby that moment. I loved the jumping into the Lambo leap, getting helped up there. <laughs> yes, he was the old man, and, and yeah. they they gave him the boost up there for the Lambo leap. Just what he's dealt with, yeah. what he dealt with last year against the Lions on the football field, and what he's dealing off the field with his wife. It just so many great storylines that came out of that. And Aaron Rodgers was asked about it on the field after the game. He kind of got a little. He didn't tear up, but he kind of. You could see him. Gulp, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, kind of swallow hard a little bit for his answer. So, yeah, good point. You know, I wanted to get your perspective on this. I was having a conversation with a Vikings fan. I'm a Bears fan. He's a Vikings mm-hmm. fan. We we're talking about this and kind of our annoyance with Aaron Rodgers, just how talented he is. But <laughs> yeah, he's given us both a lot of heartache sure certainly he throughout the years and far before that. And Packer fans, I hope you realize how lucky you are to have franchise quarterbacks like this one after another. Um, you're dealing, Montana, you're dealing with the negativity of it right now. Well, every, most teams do. I've been doing it for 30 years. Right. It's, it's few and far between. And even your 30 years, I mean, it wasn't like the, you know, this was a, um, one of the game's greatest or in any conversation. Jim McMahon. He was a good player. He was solid. Yeah. Right. With a great team around him. With a great team around him. So, Aaron Rodgers, one Super Bowl. Uh-huh. A lot of playoff disappointments uh-huh. in there. Yep. He doesn't get a free pass, but it's pretty close from from the national media. Is it just because people Well, if he didn't have one, then, then all bets are off. But yes. he's got one. But he has one. Yes. It just 
how much leeway that has given him. Mm-hmm. And we're we're trying to come up with the reason for it. He's he's editable. He's that. Mm-hmm. He's a little goofy. He's mm-hmm. got the mustache and he yep. has fun with it. Yep. He's in all the commercials. Yep. He seems like a good guy. He goes on Jeopardy. He's smart. Yep. Went to Cal. Is that kind of all encompassing what it is? Because you know, I never thought about it. And I think maybe you and your buddies love for your teams in that division mm-hmm. maybe clouding it a little bit sure but it just it feels like for a guy that when was that super bowl a decade ago uh yeah, yeah. that there would be more negativity around him as a disappointment mm-hmm. in well, a way kind of like the braves who were there every year and yeah. only got one right and but there was tons of negativity there but can you imagine the bills got there every year and didn't get any right yeah i i don't know it's just it's something that Difficult to wrap my mind around uh-huh. because it feels like it He's would so be good. a bigger national narrative, and it could be well that defense has sucked until this year, mm-hmm. and it's just you chalk it up to that. I mean, you look at those playoff losses, and it's thirty six, thirty three, and games like that. Yeah. It wasn't well, you know, Aaron Rodgers was really bad. They lost ten seven. Sure, and, and it was his fault. Yeah. He threw four picks. Mm-hmm. That probably says a lot more about it, but well, and the just Gi- found it interesting. The Giants and Eli, Eli, you know, breaking their hearts a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had another terrific day yesterday. You know, if his receivers could catch. Oh, jeez. I mean, good God. He had to be so frustrated uh, in that football game last night. Just one after another. Complete drops. And him putting him in the narrowest of windows. And you could see the frustration. This is the mm-hmm. one thing about Aaron Rodgers. He kind of lets you know he's pissed at his guys a little bit yes, more than does. some of the other yeah. quarterbacks in the league. Because they very quickly show him and he's shaking his head or he's looking over, this case in Lafleur previous years in McCarthy, just, come on, get me some guys that can catch the damn ball. Don't look at me. I'm doing my job. Let's get these other guys to do theirs. Well, Al Lazard finally got an opportunity. With after, the help of Aaron Rodgers. With the help of Aaron Rodgers, who just completely dropped that one in. I didn't think he scored. I don't think so either. <laughs> there, there's really that one shot there's right the at the one pylon. Shot. Yes, exactly. And that one was like... Well, that's definitive. That looked like it to me, too. Indeed they now. never even look. I mean, no? they, yeah, they look because they look after every scoring mm-hmm. play, and then you can hear the whistle or the ref get told, yeah, it's good, and he very quickly call, you know, whistles play in. Um, I'm really glad they didn't yeah. because that was such a tremendous catch and afforded him his opportunity to catch his first touchdown pass. Like, you go back to draft day, right? And And the media was... We were all wrong. I mean, everybody thought Lazard was finally going to break the streak of Cyclones being drafted. Right. And, you know, just he's got his party going on. He's got friends and family. There was no way he was going to be a first-day pick, but good God. You know, he's going to hear his name called, and he didn't. And you feel for those kids, especially if you... I don't claim to know Al Lazard at all. I think I spoke with him once after a football game um, when he was on the field in Urbandale. Yeah. When I was sitting here doing Friday night uh, football Friday nights. But you certainly follow him and you appreciate that he's a local kid and, you know, went through the CIML and stayed home and was a legacy player and turned down Notre Dame and um, LSU. Yeah, LSU and some of the big schools, dot, dot, dot. You root for these kids, whether they wear black and gold or cardinal and gold. I do. Guilty. But nice to see him get a, uh, his first touchdown last night. One of my favorite parts of the game, it was during that, I believe, final drive and they cut to the huddle and it was the overshot. I know what you're camp. talking about. Yeah. And. Aaron Rodgers looking over the sideline. He's getting the yeah. play call. Everybody's in there. And Al Nazar just talking. Yeah. He's just John. Yeah. And then Rodgers comes in there and he said something. And of course, he can't pick up what he said. Right. Though the mics did pick up something. Pipe down 13 or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Probably shut up. I got the play call now. Yeah. But whatever it is. And now there's stories coming out about what Lazard 
and Aaron Rodgers and this bond that is developing. Uh-huh. Trent, go to the high, go to the video and watch Aaron Rodgers on the field after the game last night. Mm-hmm. There was like I don't know four or five questions. The final three were all Alan Lazard. You know, Rodgers he sits beside him in 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 watching watching the film um, and picks up on all these stuff. I go back to training camp, and he yes. was singing his praises in training camp. Finally got his opportunity, did the most of it. Hard to root against him. Even Look, my, my team's in the AFC West, so maybe it's a little easier for me because I don't have a dog in the NFC North. Uh, but um, Lions fans do, and they got a, they had a bad taste in their mouth when they woke up this morning. Packers have done a really good job with these kind of receivers, too. Guys that were unheralded and built them mm-hmm. into good players. Does he stick now? Is he part yeah, of this team going night, forward? Sure, at least for another week. Okay, you know, yeah, it's yeah. the NFL we're talking about, right? But I mean, Adams is going to be back, sure. But it seemed like he was the last guy last night to finally get his opportunity. Well, Shepard had that drop at and the one. What's the other kid's name? The the sixteenth Kumaro. Kumarov? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never heard of him. No. Um, yeah, and he had his opportunity, but before Lazard, Lazard seemingly was all right. You're all we got left. Get in there, kid. Try and make a play. <laughs> And he did. That's the Packers trying to find their own Adam Thielen. Small town yeah, Wisconsin guy, Wisconsin Whitewater. He's not Adam Thielen. No, no, of course not. Of course not. Uh, and he went to a bigger school. But yeah. no, I'm talking about Kubero. Oh, I. He see. went to Wisconsin Whitewater. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Trying to go with the small yeah, school no, guy in state. No, he's even further removed from yes, Thielen. This yeah. kid. Uh, is that where he went to school? I didn't yeah. realize that. Uh, interesting. All right, coming up on the program, we'll talk to Cardinals. Just real quick on that before we get Brian and Rilko in here. Again, we've got some. If you're a fantasy draft, if you're a fantasy player waiting for this to open up in the state of Iowa, I think we're going to uh, provide some information that I don't believe has been made public before. So Des Moines Register, Credit Miller and Condon. Yes, you please. 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 Um, but the Cardinals last night, Trent, look, Azuna was... Which was which mistake was more egregious? The play in the field cost him three runs. It did, but that was it wasn't an easy play. No, it was but a it's a gold glove or no, we don't know how the hell in the world he got the gold glove, right? Maybe they saw that bright neon yellow armband and said, Well, it's close enough to gold. Yeah. Let's hand it to him. We we gotta find somebody to give the damn thing to. It's kinda like Chase Allen was the runner up in the big uh, tight end of the year a couple of years ago in the Big Twelve. <laughs> I mean somebody's got to finish second. Well let's go to the Iowa State's got nobody on the list. We'll give it to him. After all I caught five balls. Um yeah, I don't get it. How we got the gold glove, but that was an egregious play, man. That was bad. And then he's got no arm whatsoever. Yeah. Getting picked off on a ball. Look, they finally, you know, I wrote this down from last night. I don't, I think this was, uh, Jason Stark tweeted this out. I wanted to make sure I had this. Okay. So game one, Cardinals got their first hit, 27 batters into the game. Game two, got their first hit. 21 batters into the game. Last night it was the top of the second inning. Mm-hmm. It was Ozuna. He doubles. So you're finally at an anemic offense. You're finally starting to, you know, start an inning the right way. And then a ball hit on the ground to Strasburg and you're wandering between second and third. And he doesn't even have to take the ball out of his glove to make a play. You just stand there and let him tag you out. Strasburg. So I flipped it on and it was, I think, the second or third batter. And what it was like five pitches he got through the first two guys. Or, yeah, first two guys. Yeah. Yes, yes. And how many was in the first inning? Nine? Ten, I think. Ten? Nine or ten. Wasn't much. What's the game plan? Yeah, you want to, absolutely. Make him pitch. Get him out of the game. Yes. Get to the bullpen. He ended up throwing 117, 12 mm-hmm. strikeouts, but I just, they're up there flailing. It just. Can they win it all? I mean, obviously, if they're one of the two teams left standing, <laughs> they got a good chance. They got a good chance. But, I, I, but what a story this would be. I mean, mm-hmm. after being left for absolute dead for them to come back. 
I still don't feel great. It d- don't? In a way. There'll be a dog? Oh, big dog. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it feel like this is the... And the series will open in the American League City. The varsity is Astros-Yankees, and this is... No, it's a main event. You're right. You don't want to say JV, but... No, it's on the undercard. It's a different yes, level of baseball. Well, it then the feels Cardinals, different. The Cardinals are a big part of that, too, because look, yeah. they're offensively anemic. Yes. My God. It doesn't help the conversation. No. Dexter Fowler, do something, would you please? I mean, he's been, he's been really bad. Well, it sure seems like it's going to... Um, going to end tonight. We'll see. We've got two games today. Uh, one at three, that's the American League, and then one at, uh, I think it's 647, still 647, uh, but no football tonight, so it's going to be a full-on baseball night. Bottom of the hour, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. We'll get in the NFL with Vinny. He's also a Northwestern grad. We'll pick his brain on his cats as they get set to host uh, Ohio State on uh, Friday night as a three-point our three touchdown underdog. So uh, we'll talk to uh, Vinny Iyer at 1030 uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, Brian Walton, and then Zuba Mahanti. Let's get our friend Brian Arilko from the IRGC in here. Uh, Brian, good to talk to you, Brian Arilko. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. Uh, good to be with you. Well, I saw, by the way, I saw Indiana came out with their numbers today, and Indiana's numbers... Uh, they did, uh, in the month of September, they did $34.5 million and only revenue, only, um, revenue of, uh, $813,000. Meanwhile, Iowa bet more money and held more money, uh, which tells me that Iowa betters are not off to the best start. Uh, Brian, guilty. When, you, when, when you're, when you're holding 12% in sports, that's ridiculously high. It is, and and those numbers could be a a bit misleading because in Iowa, everything is done on a cash basis, which means if someone put their money on a futures bet uh, to pay off in November or December, uh, that's reported as revenue until Ah. that wager is paid out. So so it may be a a touch inflated, Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, I I do think the the casinos uh, uh, have been doing well, at least to this point. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, you know, the other thing that jumped off, we'll get to fantasy in a second. Um, how much money is being wagers, wagered uh, via mobile device? And it's crazy, Brian, because when it first started in Nevada, it was 30 and then very quickly jumped to 50 and then 60, dot, dot, dot. 89.2% of all the money that the state's biggest uh, sports betting shop handled Prairie Meadows, William Hill at Prairie Meadows. 89.2% of their handle was done by, via mobile platform. That's amazing to me. Yeah, it is. That is what is the most eye opening of the numbers uh, to this point is when, when we were looking at this uh, through the legislative process, we were seeing uh, states that had both. Uh, do about 70% mobile. And it started off um, at, uh, not at the opposite in that mobile was 30 40%. And each month it became more and more evident that people were, were using their mobile device. If this is an indication of what it will look like when the markets mature, because we're still a, a long way from being mature. There's still only two uh, uh, advanced deposit uh, sports wagering operators in the state uh, that are servicing seven casinos. But at at the largest uh, casino in the Des Moines area, uh, at, with those numbers, if that is indicative of what we're going to see, uh, I, you know, I do think that's more than what people thought. 
So, Brian, one of the questions that we had, we were hopeful that we'd be able to hear the wagering that came for the Iowa State, the Cyhawk game. That's something that wasn't a part of it, at least for this year. Going forward, though, in next season, would that be a possibility? You know, it, it, it's hard to say. And and the one thing um, that that is different in, in this uh, as opposed to maybe other states is that the casinos uh, are the ones that uh, have um, – they're the ones that report the revenue. And so it's not a lottery – uh, uh, run state where the state has access to all of those individual numbers. And so it's a situation where, uh, we would, the state would have to specifically request those numbers. Uh, the casinos get a, a little, uh, uh, aggravated when we start getting into, um, uh, their specific business plans and marketing plans. And, 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 and so it, it's a tricky one. Um, but what we will be able to do is, is, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be able to tell, you know, which months are better, and, and those months we can look at which games are part of that month. Um, and, 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 you know, at some point, I, you know, I think maybe some of the casinos, you know, will, be, uh, will boast maybe what, what they're doing on, on particular events or games. But, but a lot of times they don't want to get uh, into those specifics, um, and it would be something that, that, um, that the state would have to request specifically and probably would need a, a regulatory reason to do that. Mm. If they don't volunteer is what you're saying, right? If, as far as you would need regulations if they don't do it voluntarily. And there's, as you mentioned, there's nothing that's, uh, that compels them to do that. Yeah, that's correct. And that, that's really what that, what that's about. It's something that's interesting, but really no, no regulatory reason gotcha. or need, uh, to make those casinos disclose those specific numbers. Uh, Brian, uh, there's uh, been a, a lot of, uh, confu- uh, confusion, I think, fits here as to, uh, yeah, well, fantasy sports is legal in Iowa, yet we can't play it. You're going to make a little news as far as timeline here, um, as to when this is, in all likelihood, is going to finally make its way to Iowa. Um, when does it sound like fantasy players will be able to finally wager on fantasy sports in the state of Iowa? So uh, the, the good news for those people that uh, are interested in fantasy sports uh, contests is that I believe that we should have two facilities or two operators to market uh, within the next week or two. And so this really has been a situation where um, in Iowa, different from other states, um, the, the legislation was crafted. Uh, it, 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 fantasy sports has been something that has been part of, um, uh, has been a, there's been a bill the last six years, and, and there's been a bill to simply authorize, there's been a bill to uh, license, and, and eventually to get it done, the fantasy sports industry had to agree to uh, uh, to have fantasy sports uh, regulated in a, in a similar manner as uh, sports wagering, and so this is something that um, is is not uh, something that the industry is not used to. And to be uh, quite honest, uh, uh, the commission had to get our arms around um, the, the subtle differences. And so for the last few months, been a very frustrating experience for both. Uh, the commission and the operators, but um, you know both sides have been working hard to try to figure out a way to um, to meet regulations, meet laws, but but still do it in a way that um, the commission can be assured that that the people are protected and and we're still getting a high level of 
of uh, regulation that that people expect when they're when they're making those uh, wagers and, and their contest entries. So I think we are there. Um, there were two major hangups, and those hangups were uh, lab certification, mm-hmm. simply just having their technology tested, and and what to do when they make changes with that technology. And uh, and I think um, we have found a solution, and hopefully uh, those. Uh, facility, uh, those operators should go to market here uh, in the next week. So that would be DraftKings, right, over at the, that has the Wild Rose properties. Who would the other? FanDuel, are they in the state? I guess I don't re- – are they? I think they are. Yeah, FanDuel is also uh, for sports wagering. Uh, FanDuel is with the Boyd properties. The difference is the technology is completely different. The fantasy sports technology is completely different than the sports wagering technology. And so both companies use a lot of uh, third-party providers that, that do uh, a lot of um, um, work in sports wagering. And so it was very easy to get those companies to market uh, in the sports wagering world. Uh, the DFS technology is very different and, um, and, and was something that um, we needed to get our arms around. And, and frankly, they, they had to get comfortable um, uh, allowing uh, the state uh, to look at certain parts of their technology that maybe – uh, they have uh, other states have not reviewed. Uh, last thing for me. So uh, next Thursday night, October the 17th. No, no, that's this Thursday night. Now, the following one after that for week eight, potentially week number eight for Thursday night football, which is Washington, Minnesota, um, on the 24th of October. You believe that fantasy will be good to go by then? I do. I think we'll have at least one company to market, if not two. I really think that. Good news that there, certainly. News. Now, with this, I know a lot of people will say, we know we have to go to the casinos right now and sign up for an account. As it pertains for a daily wagering account, daily fantasy wagering, will you also have to go to one of those casinos that have it and sign up for your daily fantasy account there? No, great question, Trent. The answer is no. Uh, with uh, DFS, uh, there is no requirement uh, to go uh, into a casino uh, to sign up. And so those operators uh, are not required uh, under Iowa law to have a partner. Uh, that partnership agreement is strictly for sports wagering. Last thing, Brian, just one more popped into my head. Do you have any estimate? I mean, with only two providers in the state, what kind of handle do you think fantasy is going to do? We knew that sports in September, just shy of, uh, what, 39 million, I think 38 million and change. Do you have any guesstimates as to how much handle fantasy sports will do you know it's it's tough i have said all along that i thought fantasy sports daily fantasy sports was something that would be uh, very very popular in the state uh, up until the point where sports wagering uh, was authorized and so that was um when we were uh, when when new jersey was was had their lawsuit um to to try to uh, get paspa repealed and so now that Sports wagering uh, is a real thing. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not, um, I, I don't believe that it will be, we'll see any sort of uh, number similar to what we're seeing with sports wagering, but I could be wrong. Uh, there, there is really no 
projections that are out there with respect to the DFS in Iowa. Well, if you're wrong, I'll be wrong as well because I don't think it's going to do very much. But we'll see. I mean, there's, there was a, there was a big appetite for it prior to sports being uh, legalized here in the state of Iowa. We see the numbers it's doing. Brian, listen, we appreciate being able to reach out to you like we've done uh, over the months and look forward to doing so again. Brian Arilco from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Thanks, Brian. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, guys. You too. Yeah, good to talk to you. Brian Arilco. So, there you go. Fantasy players by this time next week Mm -hmm. in time for Thursday Night Football. Who do the Vikings host? Just uh, Washington. But regardless, for fantasy fantasy players, you'll be able to... I and think this will be have bigger to go than to, you anticipate. I know you, you're, you're, you're dying on yes, that hill. Yes, I give you credit for that. You've, you've had that take for um, well, forever. A lot of people like the daily fantasy. Yeah. But did they like it because they couldn't bet legally on sports? Or they couldn't bet legally on fantasy either. But, right. Um, do they like it because... It's something different. It's yeah. a different way to gamble, different way to wager, different way to You'll play. do both? Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Another way to lose money. Proverbial bear, you know what, in the woods. Uh, Vinny Iyer next, sportingnews.com. Inside the NFL, Miller and Condon. It's just approaching 1030. So that means, Trent, that it's time to do this. It's time to put another $1,000 in somebody's bankroll. Fund your fantasy sports account, perhaps. Yes. All right. Uh, text the keyword, Super. To 200, 200 right now. That's super to 200, 200 right now. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Vinny Iron next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.org. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Millery Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Brian Walton on the Cardinals at 11 o'clock. Zubin Mahente, ESPN Sports Center, 1120. Right now, Vinny Iyer, Sporting News, Northwestern grad, Jeopardy winner. <laughs> and, of course, covers the NFL for the Sporting News, SportingNews.com. And he joins us, Vinny Trenton, Ken in Des Moines. Thank you for coming on. How are you, Vinny Iyer? Uh, doing well. Thanks for having me again, guys. I appreciate it, as always. I guess we should start with one of the big talkers, uh, in not only from last night, although it certainly was exemplified last night, just the officiating and some of the trouble that, uh, you know, you go back even last year's, and it was prior to that, obviously, but that was the egregious one that uh, certainly brought everybody's attention to some of the missed calls. If you're a Lions fan today, Vinny, you wake up and you're in a foul mood after what you saw the end of that game. Trent makes a good point. You know, don't kick field goals, score touchdowns, and we're not having this conversation. But uh, nonetheless, couple of, uh, another two, minimum of two, uh, badly officiated calls last night in that game. Yeah, those are unfortunate little plays. I mean, uh, maybe somebody said something and said, hey, watch out for Trey Flowers. He likes to do this with this move. And uh, maybe it got planted in somebody's head to say, I'm going to watch out for it. And uh, I think also a lot like pitchers who hit the strike zone. When you have a left tackle like David Bakhtiari, you're going to be uh, saying that uh, or, or things are going to always go in his favor. You assume he's going to block well in most plays. So, that can play a factor in a lot of this as well. I mean, there can be some of that baseball umpire feeling with the NFL officials at some point. I believe that's true and maybe a little bit underrated there when you make the calls. That said, uh, yeah, it was a tough break. I can't say for sure that the Lions win this game. I mean, they also uh, 
had a weird call to go against them with the uh, reception that wasn't by Kerryon Johnson. But in the end, uh, I think Matthew Stafford is right. You're playing the Packers. You're not playing the officials. You can't kick field goals. They said that over and over again, that you have all these opportunities that were giving you gifts there in Lambeau Field, and you just kept coming away with field goals. You didn't really put away the game. You had a chance to do that late. You settled for another field goal. And granted, you did get two nice long 50-yarders there to support your scoring, but one touchdown is just not going to cut it there when uh, Aaron Rodgers is on the other side. and uh, You have a pretty bad run defense, and uh, I I think it's just probably frustrating the way the Lions approached that second half of that game. They got a little bit too pass-happy. I think they could have done a lot more with Johnson. That's the interesting thing, because I think they want to be more about the running game with defense, yet sometimes their play calling and their game script doesn't show that. So, Vinny, one more home game for the Packers as they start off the year. They got the Raiders this week with five of their first seven at home, but uh, the back end of that obviously will flip around. Four out of five on the road, including road games in Kansas City and San Francisco, and then at the end of the season to finish at Minnesota and Detroit to finish up here. Just how good is this Packers team, and how difficult will it be with all these road games on the back half of the schedule? Well, I think the Packers can be very good. I mean, right now they're playing very shorthanded at the moment. Losing Jerome Allison in the game didn't help. Marcus Valdez scandling is slashed at times, but they really need Devontae Adams back. I mean, mm-hmm. you saw what this receiving core is like. I mean, when and we've seen this before when Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers has made guys like uh, Jared Aberderis and Jeff Janis look like yeah. really good players, and and uh, Richard Rodgers <laughs> like these are not very right. good receivers overall. I mean, he found a matchup all of a sudden he liked with Alan Lazard. Mm-hmm. No one really knew who he was before the game. But well, we did hear he's an Iowa State kid. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, some local flavor there for you. So, I mean, in terms of like uh, just, I mean, when you look at it and you say Jake Kumaro and Darius Shepard and, and these guys, who's he throwing to? But right. he found Alan Lazard and the size. He's going to make things happen with the guys out there. And the one thing I like about the Packers is, they're going to be able to run the ball in most situations. It wasn't with Aaron Jones last night. Mm-hmm. It was with plenty of Jamal Williams. They have a good offensive line. Their defense makes timely big plays. They're going to give up the yardage, but uh, really clamp down in the red zone, uh, get some key sacks, some takeaways as well. So I think the Packers are legitimately a, a solid all-around team. And the funny thing is that they've done this with a lot with running game and defense, and Aaron Rodgers really hasn't just lit things up and, if Adams comes back and he starts having more confidence in uh, Lazard and uh, having uh, some of these other receivers and MBS plays a little bit better and Allison's healthy and maybe a little bit more contributions from Mercedes Lewis while Jimmy Graham fades, all of a sudden it's not too bad of a Packers offense, more of a complete team here. So if, the key thing for them is going to be figuring out how to stop the run in some of these bigger games. Hmm. Vinny I from the Sporting News is our guest. Vinny, your piece on Sunday was – uh, it just drove home the point to me is, is uh, good God, here we go again with the Patriots. The AFC, I get we're only, what, six games in, but boy, oh boy, it's sure trending again to the AFC. is going to go through Foxborough in January. The Chiefs, now back-to-back losses. Of course, they've got a short week against Denver, who seems like maybe they've got a little bit of a pulse, but... You know, for, for those of us who are hoping that this sooner or later that the Patriots were not going to be able to do what they seemingly do every year, you're going to have to go through Foxborough in all likelihood to pick them off. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the way it's happening right now. And you look at the AFC North, it's rather weak. The Ravens are in first place, but we know there's really no competition there. 
You look at the AFC South, it's a whole bunch of teams close together. The Texans and the Colts have some good momentum, but I'm not sure you're going to put them in the category discussion to be a threat to the Patriots at this point. And where else do you look? I mean, their division is not very good. It's really, it really comes down to the Chiefs. And, uh, again, an underrated storyline with the Patriots a little bit is the weakening of the AFC, their free pass, and their division every year that kind of sets them up to do things. When you see they played one tough game against the Bills, and it was a bit of a grind. It mm-hmm. wasn't easy for them right. to win that game. So when you think about that, someone's got to put pressure on them. Will it be the Bills the second time around? I don't see that happening. Is I mean, the Chiefs have to figure things out here. And Andy Reid, I don't know what he's doing right now, but he's putting more and more on Patrick Mahomes, and it makes no sense because your defense is struggling. You've got to run the ball a little bit more. Make Patrick Mahomes comfortable. Let's set up play action a little bit more. Right now, they're not respecting the running game here because Andy Reid simply is not running, and he falls into this trap. We've seen it before in Philadelphia where he just gets too pass-happy. But right now, he doesn't have his left tackle. He doesn't have his left guard. Patrick Mahomes is limping around. He's down Sammy Watkins. Maybe he can return. But in turn, it's going to make your offense more explosive. You can run, keep your defense off the field, put the defense in position more to uh, tee off on teams. Right now, they're flipping the script. Uh, dominated in time of possession, back-to-back games. And if you have a blueprint out there, teams are going to continue to try to follow this to beat you as Chiefs. So we'll see if the Broncos can do it. It requires a little bit of uh, finishing drives and the uh, in both cases, you had very competent offensive systems that were able to combat what the Chiefs were doing. So we know that's what the Patriots are, however, with Tom Brady. So that's out there, and there's a lot of obvious glaring weaknesses. The Chiefs are going to be doomed here, that matchup coming along here down the line uh, and maybe a second time in the playoffs. Back-to-back weeks, Vinny, AFC South teams came in and beat Kansas City in Arrowhead. Houston last week, Indianapolis the week before. Of those two teams, who do you like long-term the most? A, a team that could push the Chiefs come playoff time, beat the Patriots, and say an AFC championship game. Between the Colts and Texans, who do you like more? I think it's the Colts to me, just because of their system. I know the Texans have the glossiness there with Deshaun Watson, and they're playing very well. They're, they have a running game now, and their defense can make some big plays. We know that, but I think the Colts are just more stable in terms of they have the systems in place. They're not going to make big mistakes. They're going to make the right decisions, the game plan, be aggressive at the right times. You do have to be aggressive to beat the Patriots when it comes to the playoffs, and uh, Frank Reich certainly has some of that from uh, being around Doug Peterson in Philadelphia. But I think this is just a well-constructed team. Now, is it the most talented team? Maybe not, but when they're healthy. They've got like, a lot of defensive guys. They should get a lot healthier after the spy. I mean, they've been playing with that Darius Leonard back there, the leader of their defense, uh, They'll probably get him back, be better at safety here soon, with Malik Hooker getting healthy here. So this can be a very solid team all around. Maybe not spectacular, but they can grind away games like we saw against the Chiefs. So I trust them a little bit more, mainly because of Frank Reich over a Bill Bryan at this point. Uh, Vinny, I want uh, just uh, since you're based in uh, in North Carolina and you, you're at all the uh, the Panthers or most of the Panthers home games, if you're not on another uh, assignment, Cam Newton, who is one of the faces of the quarterback position in the league, I don't think he's been the same since he decided not to try and jump on the football in Super Bowl Fifty uh, when he fumbled the ball late in that football game. Seemingly, it's gone downhill for him since then. Injuries have not been kind. Kyle Allen. 
Collins come in, he's done more than an effective job. I think he's got that team believing him in a little bit. So what's going to happen here, Vinny? Cam Newton's paid a whole lot of money. I don't think, or correct me if I'm wrong, if he's just going, if Rivera's just going to hand him the job back again. How's this going to shake itself out? Because I guess the, you know, we're about to find out because Newton says he's ready to go again. Yeah, I mean, this is the biggest question is, is how ready is he ready to go? That's that's the biggest question. And that's the thing the Panthers need to find out here. Is he fully healthy? Is he just saying, oh, wait, Kyle Allen's playing really well. Um, I'm suddenly going to get a lot healthier in a hurry here so I can get on the field. Uh, is it that motivating him? Is it, okay, we have a bye, so I'm, okay, I'm healed up, I'm good to go. Let's, uh, Kyle Allen, you've been great, but let me get back in there. That's a question, because if he's fully healthy, which I don't think that's possible at this point, I mean, he's taking a lot of wear and tear, and I don't think he can suddenly just recover and be good to go with multiple ailments, including the shoulder and the foot and maybe some other things from just uh, being a banged around here for several seasons here. So I'm not sure about this, because if he's at his 100% healthiest, I'm hands down going with uh, Cam Newton. If, even if he's got no uh, mobility issues and he can run around and do that and his arm looks fine with his strength, I'm going with Cam Newton. But I, I just look at the Kyle Allen and I get it. They've some, won some games, but it's been with defense, a lot of running game. But to win, to make take that next step, you've got to have that other dimension. I think they have a little bit more big playability with Cam Newton. He adds that other threat in the running game. I know Kyle Allen is mobile, but this is another person to worry about on top of Christian McCaffrey. So if he's healthy, and this is the big if and the big question mark, I want to go camping, but if there's any question mark with how he can throw or how he can run, I'm 100% going Kyle Allen. So it's a little bit of a conundrum here because I think the Panthers have been fooled by this before in knowing the actual level of health of Cam Newton. So uh, again, uh, that's going to be a very tough decision to make and. uh, you could backfire either way, which is also hard for Ron Rivera to think about as well. Three teams sitting there right in the meaty part of the curve at 3-3 three and three in the NFC. Cowboys, Eagles, Rams. Which one of those teams you like the most, Good and one. which one's the most concerning to you, Vinny? Well, I think right now the most concerning is the Rams. They just don't like the way they're playing. They can't run the ball right now. Their offensive line is struggling. Jared Goff is not playing well. Their defense just lost to keep to leave. They already didn't have Clay Matthews, who's actually being a big factor in the pass rush for them uh, before he went down. So no Matthews there, no to leave there. I don't think this defense is rather good without those guys. I mean, we saw how badly Marcus Peters can struggle being asked to be the number one corner against better receivers. Uh, Tlaib was more the shutdown guy. So defense is kind of getting depleted here in key spots. Offense, uh, if you can't run the ball, I think teams have figured this out, that you force Jared Goff to beat you. If you let everything go through Todd Gurley in the running game, then you're in a lot of trouble against the Rams because everything opens up for them and you have nowhere to go and you have no idea how to stop them. But when they can't run, it's all on Jared Goff. If you can contain him a little bit, we've seen that in different weeks. They'll give up the yardage, but they know he'll hold on to the ball and make mistakes a little bit as well. Then you're in good shape. So Rams, I think, are in a lot of trouble. I think right now the Cowboys and Eagles are okay. I wrote about this, but this game is pretty critical this week because mm. they both have tough second half schedules. They don't meet again till the very uh, tail end penultimate uh, week of the season. So one of these teams is going to build some momentum, some confidence back in this uh week seven matchup on Sunday night, one is going to fade possibly. So 
pretty monumental game here for a division that's uh, only going to have one playoff team for sure in 2019. Mm. Finney, we have 30 seconds left here. Northwestern grad, I don't want to remind you, they're 1-4. They're, they're in four. Ohio State comes <laughs> in on Friday night, then uh, the Hawks uh, show up at Ryan Field the following week. I think it's one. Are you going to either two of those games, by the way? No, I'm not. Good idea. <laughs> uh, there's not there's not a lot of uh, confidence right now. Uh, this is one of the worst seasons we've seen under Pat Fitzgerald in quite a while. But they've been like this before. I think we're just looking forward to the back half of the schedule where yep. there's a few wins that maybe can get us bowl eligible. But, I mean, looking at the gauntlet of the teams we had back-to-back-to-back to back to back mm-hmm. uh, coming off in the bye between, I mean, 27.5-point underdogs i think this friday night so friday nights uh, night games in evanston are usually not good for the home team and uh, it's buckeyes it's going to be a lot worse so as long as we're respectable and we score some points in the game that's what i'm looking for yeah well uh, that uh, that play that uh, at, at the end of the game uh, in lincoln that pass interference that wasn't called it was just egregious anyways uh vinnie great stuff thank you as always we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks appreciate it vinnie Iyer. Uh, thank you. Good to talk to you. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Sportingnews.com is where you can read Vinny. Back to wrap up the first hour of the program. I'm going to do some Cardinals to kick off some baseball Cardinals, not football Cardinals, to kick off hour number two. Zuba Mahente is also with us. We're Miller and Condon here until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 Hickman Road in Clive. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Seems like yesterday, but it was long ago. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes of the first hour of the program. Brian Walton, CardinalNation.com. We'll get him live from the Arizona Fall League. We'll take a look at game four tonight. Uh, of the uh, NLCS, so win or go home for the Redbirds. Uh, you can hear the game right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 Kicks. No, if you cannot be in front uh, of your TV. And then Zubin Mahente uh, from ESPN. Uh, Dr. Stephen Fuller from FullerDental.net made it possible for us, Trent, to give away another pair of tickets to yes. see the Hawkeyes. Uh, this past week, we used the total points uh, in Penn State and Iowa. Now, the week before, mm-hmm. everybody blew over the total in the Michigan game. Well, it was 13. It was 13, true. But here's the crazy thing. We had three people correctly say 29 total points. And 29 is not an easy number exactly to get my to point. in football. Right? Even 30 I, I think it's going to be a little score. There'll be about 30 total points. Mm-hmm. You know, but you're going to say 30. You're not going to say 29. <laughs> but three people did, so we had to go to the tiebreaker. And Kent Williams, everybody went over Iowa passing yards, by the way. Uh, but Kent Williams was closest of the three that went over. So Kent Williams, congratulations to you. You'll be at Kinnick Stadium to watch uh, Purdue homecoming this uh, Saturday at 11 o'clock. Thank you to uh, FullerDental.net. Dr. Stephen Fuller, we have one more pair of tickets to give away to the Minnesota game. Mm -hmm. We will use the Wisconsin game. Uh, for those results. Well, that'll be easy if we were just picking I would be zero. Zip. Yeah, right. That's how you, you, that's what you do for every team that plays Wisconsin, maybe except Ohio State. Four of the six games are shutouts. It's nuts. It's nuts. This we go best. back to Chicago, no one was talking nope. about the Badgers. Nope. Nobody. I mean, coming up with Minnesota like you, yep. making a case for Iowa, uh-huh. Nebraska, here they come. Mm-hmm. 
Purdue, maybe if they get the right break. Fits just when you don't talk about him and overlook him. This but, is when he's at his most dangerous. And the reigning champions of the Big Ten West, who went eight and one last year in Northwestern. But you know, plucky old Wisconsin. Yeah, the wheels are coming off that program. Nope. Not gonna happen. Windows closed. No, nope, it's not over. gonna end well for Christ. Who wants to play there? Yeah. 